And a very warm welcome to God Botherers with me, Rob Bethel, the layman. And me, the Reverend Martin Little. This is a podcast for those of you who are a little bit curious about this thing called Christianity. What do Christians believe? What do Christians do? And most importantly, to be a Christian, do I have to believe in a bearded sky god? No, no you don't. So join us as we openly explore Christian ideas about life whilst hopefully having a laugh along the way. Right. Hello, Martin. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm okay. I've had some holiday recently, which is always a good thing. I know. I saw that you went to my hometown. Sherborne in Dorset. That's right. Do you yeah. know what? When, when we went there, I did not know it was your hometown. It's a very nice place, Rob. It is. I To be I lived there until I was three, and then we moved uh, about four miles outside of it. So, did you visit the Abbey? We did visit the Abbey. We went to Evensong at Sherborne Abbey, which was very lovely. How about you, man? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, I also had some time off. Yay! And uh, we went, um, we had a short, well, no, a long weekend at Centre Parks. Ooh. Yeah, poche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my son Alfie broke me uh, because he just <gasps> loves going down the rapids. Okay. Have you ever been to Centerbox? No, no. Oh, so they have this like outdoor sort of river thing, artificial river where you're just chucked about. And uh, I'm getting too old now. <laughs> my, my body was creaking by the end, but he he went down it like twenty two times or something. He, wow. he counted. Uh, See, so <laughs> we were we were all pretty tired afterwards. It sounds like you fulfilled your fatherly duties. Uh, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> he better he better repay me when he's older. <laughs> he will. Um, he will. Right, I think everyone's bored of our lives now. <laughs> Let's talk about somebody else. What are we talking about this week, Rob? So today, Martin, we are talking about one of the most famous people who has ever lived. A person who has influenced world history like no other. Someone who people still claim to have a relationship with today. And no, Martin, it's not Harry Styles. <laughs> Lols. It's Jesus. Woo! Yay! So, yeah, first of all, Martin, Jesus didn't actually exist, did he? <laughs> I love the way you adopt that voice for the... <laughs> for the He's sort of... back. Slightly oikish question. Um, I feel like we, sh- we should give him a persona, this guy. But anyway, um, no, it's a good question, you know, because people sometimes do speak of Jesus as if he's, you know, a sort of figment of our imaginations. But no, mm. he's a real person and, and you know, a historical figure. Um, mm. There's at least as much evidence for him as there is for any historical figure, you know, of that kind of era, the ancient world. Um, mm. One of the key things is that Jesus is written about not only in the Bible, which is, was our subject last week, um, not only in the Bible, but also in other historical sources. Mm. He's described as a man who claimed to be the Messiah or people thought he was the Messiah. Um, he was put to death by the Romans and his followers claimed he rose again. 
Um, so that's what we have from a non-Christian source, mm. as well as obviously all the um, all that's written in the New Testament about him. Mm. Um, so, so yes, uh, Oikish interlocutor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, that's all right then. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> so that's that. that. Let's put that to bed. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the historical Jesus. But so what? Who is Jesus to Christians? So yeah. So I mean, if this this is this is where it gets interesting because because for us we would say that Jesus isn't just an interesting or inspirational historical figure. Um, but that actually he's something more than that. Um, uh, th- I was going to, one of the things I wanted to, to mention that was a, a, a book by um, a guy called C.H. Dodd. He's a biblical scholar in the first part of the 20th century. Mm. Um, and, and he wrote uh, a book, interestingly enough, called The Authority of the Bible, which was our um, topic the other week. Right. Um, but he talks about... Um, uh, a quality of religious genius. That's the word, he, phrase he uses. Um, so, so, you know, that the writers of the Bible had, right? And the characters in the Bible had. And uh, they, they had experiences of God which have that ring of authentic truth to them mm. um, that seem to speak down through the ages. And so Dodd talks about this quality of religious genius. And then he talks about it reaching um, its highest and fullest point in the person of Jesus, as we read about him in the in the New Testament, he talks about reaching this this high point and then passing on into something even more than that. Uh, and he talks about Jesus as this tremendous personality that comes to us from the scriptures, mm. um, uh, who seems to command this kind of attention that none of the other writers or personalities quite do. I mean, even someone like Moses. Mm. And Moses is fascinating because, you know, did Moses really exist? Did he really do all the things that the that the Old Testament says mm. he did? Well, again, we just don't know. But um, but but he was the sort of greatest prophet of the for the Jewish people, um, and and he's almost he almost is like a personification of their whole worldview and religion and culture. Whereas for Christians, um, Moses is great, but Jesus. It's something even greater. He's, you know, when you read the New Testament, he seems to sort of he sort of towers um, out of it, mm. um, and and he and he sort of asks us to make this decision: uh, Who am I? And that's one of the questions he asks his disciples, isn't it? You know, um, he says, "Who do people say I am?" And they say, "Well, some people say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Mm. Some people say you're Elijah, one of the great prophets, come back from the dead." Um, and then, and then he asks Simon Peter, "But who do you say I am?" And Peter says, um, "You're the Son of God, mm. um, the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." And 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 Jesus says to him, uh, "You know, you are blessed, Peter, because this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but revealed to you by the Spirit." Mm. Um, so that's a long way of answering it, but it's um, Jesus makes us ask this question: "Who am I?" Um, and the answer that Peter gives that Jesus affirms is that he is the Son of God. So we would say God come to earth in human form. The God who has no body, who has no physical form as, as we do, um, who is spirit, becomes part of his creation. And we talked a bit about this before, you know, in the, when we were opening up what is Christianity about. Um, 
Jesus is right at the center of that. Mm. But, um, mm. That he's not only a great figure like we might admire, you know, Mahatma Gandhi or Mother mm. Teresa or, or you know, even Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, or whoever it is. Um, none of them claimed to be God or, or were thought of to be God. Um, but what rings out of the New Testament is that Jesus is none other than God made flesh. Um, and if that's true, then, whoa, you know, that's, that's going to change everything. What's, what some people might get confused about, and <laughs> to be honest, I, I get confused about it too, but so if he's God incarnate, what, what's the son of God? Yeah, so again, it's a, it's a sort of, um, it expresses his relatedness to God. So again, right. you, can't, you can't really talk about, this is, the, the, two, the two big things in theology are um, Christology, so who is Jesus, what's the nature of Jesus, mm. and Trinitarian theology, mm. what is the nature of the Trinity. And you can't really talk about one without the other. Mm. Um, so by saying that Jesus is the son of God, we're saying that um, Jesus is is related, intimately related to God the Father, um, in a way that we can't comprehend. Um, so closely related that um, both are God, mm. but they're not simply the same person. Um, and this is where you you know it stretches your brain, right? Yeah, um, I was going to say my my I think my brain just exploded there. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, <laughs> And then the, you add the Holy Spirit in as well. You get the, the Holy Trinity, um, sacred and undivided. So Jesus was God, oh, an aspect of God? Could you say an aspect of God, or is that too simple? Yeah, one of the problems with Trinitarian theology is that almost anything you say is slightly wrong. Yeah. Um, so, so to say that Jesus is an aspect of God suggests that he's not fully God, um, or that God can be sort of split into these things. Um, it, it, there is no logical way of explaining it. This is what Orthodox Christianity teaches. Yeah. Um, I really like that, because I, I kind of feel like... Um, I think sometimes as humans, we can be quite arrogant in thinking we understand the whole universe and how it all works. Mm. Uh, but I, I kind of, it's almost like trying to explain to a cat um, algebra or something, <laughs> you know? It's just not <laughs> yeah. going to get it. So it's almost like the nature of God is almost like that for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the church has made a lot of mistakes over its over its many, you know, years of history. Um but when it when it codified what orthodoxy was. Mm. So when it when it when it put into words what it believed, um it it took the option for mystery over mm. an easy answer. Um, and I think that was a smart move. Mm. I think it was an mm. inspired move, if you want to use that word that we're using when talking about the Bible. Um, to me, the doctrine of the Trinity is inspired mm. um, because it says that, you know, well, it says a lot of things, but it, it says that at the heart of the Godhead is the mystery of relationship um, between persons um, and also the mystery of unity, complete oneness. Um, mm. And and oftentimes, 
you know, we're we're veering a bit off who was Jesus, but we're you know we're we're it was interesting, isn't it? That you know we started out about five minutes ago talking about the historical Jesus, mm. and, and now we're we're you know we're we're on sort of cloud nine. But um, the, <laughs> yeah. this is this is what happens when yeah. you start talking yeah. about him. You know, um, it's I mean that is a fascinating phenomenon in itself. Mm. How could a Jewish man who died a fairly grubby death of a criminal? And then within decades, he's being talked about as being God, being one, mm. being one, one with the Father, uh, you know, mm. the creator of heaven and earth. Um, that in itself is pretty mind-blowing. Um, and you've got to account for that somehow, right? Because, mm. uh, you know, either, you know, it's, a lot of people say, well, it's just the world's biggest conspiracy, you know, that all these people have just been duped for years. Mm. Um, but I would take you back to what C.H. Dodd says, which is that when you read the New Testament and when you read what Jesus said and the things he it's claimed that he did um, and the way that he shines out of the pages, um, you can't help feeling that there was something special about him, you know? Mm. Um, mm. And then, you, what, again, what Dodd would say is he, he really values the, the authority of religious experience. So the, the things that the people in the New Testament experienced about God through Jesus um, are also the things Christians throughout history and indeed today experience. So we don't live in the same world exactly, but we experience, so, you know, to take a great example is the forgiveness of sins. Mm. So forgiveness of sins is one of the core elements of the Christian faith. When you experience having your sins forgiven and then you read about Jesus forgiving people their sins, uh, you have this amazing awakening, mm. which, uh, which to me is the same experience. You know, so that links the world of the Bible to to our spiritual lives today, um, in terms of who Jesus is. For Jesus is the one who can forgive us our sins, who can um, let us know that God loves us, who can um, give us purpose and meaning in our lives. Who can transform our relationships and our money and our career and our whole attitude to life? Um, Jesus can still make that transformation, um, and and that's yeah, that's that's why he still matters more than just some inspirational guy from the past. So, is this what Christians mean when they say that they know Jesus or even have a relationship with him? Um, because some people might find that quite strange because they may just think he was a man 2,000 years ago who died. Um, yeah. how, can, how can Christians still think that they're having a relationship with him? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, my, my, my feeling is that there's a number of, of, uh, number of sort of um, facets to it. I think number one... Um, in order for us to feel we have a relationship with Jesus, he would have to be alive, have to be a living presence in mm. some way. Mm. Now, that's not a knockdown argument for the resurrection, um, but it's uh, it's helpful, I think, in a starting point that you don't have a relation. You you have a sort of relationship with something that's dead, um, but it's not. It was, you wouldn't call it necessarily a living relationship. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably the, where I would start is say, you know, Jesus is, is alive. Um, 
so therefore he is knowable. Now, he's not knowable in the sense of you can't talk to him in the way that I'm sitting talking to you. We, you our, our relationship with Jesus isn't quite the same as an, a normal human relationship, but it's not that different either in that, you know, um, one way of thinking about Jesus is to think, is to say that um, Jesus is the human face of God. Mm. So, so if you want to know what God is like, in, as, insofar as any of us can ever do that, uh, the, our best revelation of that is is in Jesus. And you read that in, to some extent, in John's Gospel, but also in in Hebrews, where where Jesus is talked about as the image of the invisible God. Mm. So all those things are the sort of prerequisites for this idea of having a relationship. But really, it's it's a little bit more, the way I think about it. It's a bit more feely than that, right? So mm. <laughs> you know, I I've had I've had experiences of the closeness of God, um, which I understand through the filter of Jesus, if you like, or through the through the illumination of Jesus. So mm. you know, how do I know that? I'm not just communicating with some other spirit or with or with myself or something. Mm, well, because mm. I can look objectively at that other person who is Jesus and and see in him everything that I could ever want in a, in another person. So um and you know, prayer, prayer is about a relationship with God. Um it could sometimes be quite formal. Um it sometimes can be very intimate. Mm, um mm. It could sometimes just be silent, you know, in, in a way a sort of old married couple can sit together in silence and not say anything but completely understand each other. Mm. Um, sometimes prayer can be like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, for me, the, it's, the, the, I mean, the classic Christian word for it would be faith. Mm. So we, 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 it's a relationship of faith. Part of the problem with that word is that it's quite a loaded term now, and that it tends to indicate, um, you know, sort of a bunch of intellectual convictions, um, which is part of it. But actually, Martin Luther said that faith is actually much, much closer in experience to the idea of trust, mm, mm. much, much closer to the idea of trust. So, mm. you know, anyone, if you think of someone that you trust, um, that's akin to how we relate to God. We trust him. He's trustworthy. Uh, he's steadfast and true, and we can trust him. Um, we can open our hearts to him, knowing that he won't reject us, you know. Mm. Um, and, uh, and we can experience those feelings of peace and, and security and, and love um, quite almost directly, you know, in a, in a very real way. Mm. Um, mm. And... It's Jesus that reveals all that to us, I think, and makes it accessible to us in a way that it wasn't before, I think. Mm. I think I would say that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to compare that with, because a Jew, for example, you know, would maybe believe Jesus was some kind of prophet or something, mm. or maybe believe he was a false prophet or whatever, mm. but mm. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't believe that, um, uh, that, he was the, that he was the Son of God, that he was God mm. incarnate. So their relationship with God would be without that figure mm, there. Mm. Um, they would relate to God through prayer and through the Torah, mm. the, you know, the, the Hebrew scriptures. Um, so it'd be interesting to compare, are there those, those same affective 
feelings and sensations that come in their relationship with God without uh, the human human and divine Jesus. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what they would say. But but for me, it's it's Jesus that makes it makes God accessible, if you like. So we've talked about the fact that He's God. Um, but what I find interesting in the Gospels is sometimes he's a bit annoyed, I find. <laughs> he's, yes. There's a bit of human character there where he he's sort of sometimes a bit impatient with his disciples mm. sort of saying, do you, not, yeah. do you not get it yet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I Which... Um, sometimes it comes across as a bit harsh, I think. Yeah, and it's, you know, Book of Hebrews says, again, Hebrews is very helpful with all these things, but Book of Hebrews says that um, Jesus is um, like us in every way apart from sin. Yeah. And again, that's been a, it's been a, you know, it's a sort of talk about a key verse in the Bible. Um, so he's like us, he's tempted in every way apart from uh, as like we are. Yeah, and yet did not sin. So if that's true, I have to take that as a premise, if that's true, that means that it's not sinful to get annoyed and exasperated with people. Oh, wow. It's it's just natural, right? Because people are annoying and exasperating, okay? <laughs> that is great news. <laughs> yeah, it's good news, isn't it? Jesus can do it, so can we. But, um, you know, he's he's he comes across so so well-rounded and so human. Um, I mean, this is it. A lot of people, there's almost, there's two ditches you can fall into with thinking about Jesus, particularly from the Bible. Um, either you can you can treat him as if he's not really human. So he's kind of, you know, just a little bit human or just, it's just a, a, a it's just a front, mm. you know. Um, he's not really human. He's, he's actually just this floating sort of divine person who doesn't really get too involved with human life. That's one error. The other error is to um, do the other thing and to say that, well, you know, he's just a human being. He's not really, he's not really God. Um, and somehow we have to hold those two things together, um, two natures, you know, God and man together. Um, and I think if you, again, if you read the, the New Testament and, and listen to the, the way that that Jesus lives and what he does, what he says. Um, you see those two natures, I think, really clearly. Um, and it's, but the, the church's tendency, um, because it wants to affirm that Jesus is God, its tendency has been to downplay his humanity. Right. Um, that's always been the sort of default. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, secular society, of course, downplays his divinity because it might not believe in it, right? Um, but the church has always said, no, he's equally God and equally man. Um, and we must hold those two things together. Um, so those little human touches, you know, there's one point where he says, you, you know, you foolish generation, <laughs> how long do I have to put up with you? He says, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. and, and they, they could easily have airbrushed that bit out of the Bible, you know, and said, well, it doesn't say, well, better, you know, he's getting a bit shorty there. We better cut that <laughs> bit out. But no, they leave it in because, you know, I, I, I mean, God loves us, and he, he loves us as a father. Mm. And which mm. father has not been exasperated with their children? Mm. Because they love them, mm. you know, and they want them to choose the right thing, and yet they continually choose the wrong thing. Mm. And it is exasperating. But 
So that exasperation can also show love, I would say. Mm. Uh, so Jesus, he is reported to have done a lot of miracles and curing mm. people, um, mm. like walking on water and uh, multiplying loaves of bread and, and fishes. Yep. Um, is that true? Wow. Um, I mean... Depends what day you ask me, really. Yeah. <laughs> what day is I it mean, today? <laughs> Sunday today, so I think I better say yes. But <laughs> you know, I mean, the the short answer is yes. I mean, you know, if if Jesus is who we believe him to be, if he is God incarnate, then of course that opens up a whole world of supernatural possibilities. You mm. know, so um, if you wanted to demonstrate that you were God without going around telling people you were and being all big-headed about it, you might well do some of the things that Jesus did. Um, now, th- that's not to say that um, th- that those miracles and things don't have theological meanings, because they always do. Mm. So the, the, um, the, the people who wrote the Gospels um, were, were brilliant. They were quite brilliant writers. Um, and and so, so they knew that... Uh, you know, for example, the calming of the storm. Let's use that miracle, right? So the disciples mm. and Jesus are out on the boat. This terrible storm comes up, and the disciples are like, "Don't!" You? And Jesus is asleep in the boat, right? <laughs> and uh, and how somehow, right? It's a great story. And the and the disciples are like, "Don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing?" Yeah. And Jesus sort of gets up and rolls his eyes, <laughs> and he goes and he says to the to the wind and the waves, "Peace, be still." Right now. You know, on one level, that could just be a report of what Jesus did, mm. which would be amazing. Mm. On another level, it's um, it's saying that Jesus is Lord of creation. So to go back to what we read in John's Gospel about Jesus being the agent of creation, being there at the beginning of, of the creation, um, you know, when God separated the, the, the land and the sea and mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so for Jesus to have power over the wind and the waves, which were the source of terror, and fear and chaos um, is a way of saying he's God. And interestingly enough, at the end of that episode, the disciples all look at each other and they say, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him, mm, right? Mm. Um, and, the, you know, the, that question is one of those rhetorical questions, yeah. isn't it? Who is this? It's God, yes. right? Um, <laughs> so, that, so what the story is doing is, is, is trying to convince us, and that's what the, the Gospels are they're completely open and honest about it. They're trying to convince you that Jesus is God. Um, uh, and so they they tell that story in a way that, that makes that point um, about his power of creation. Now, you could say that because those stories are making a theological point, therefore they can't be true. Well, I would say, well, no. Why, why can't they be both? Mm. Why can't they all be something that really happened that was also full of theological meaning and allusion Allusion, I mean, not illusion. Um, allusion, or allusive to, mm. to, to the scriptures and, mm. and theological points and the stuff. Um, why can't they be both? Mm. I would say there's mm. no logical reason why they can't be both. Um, the influence of, again, as Dodd says, this tremendous personality where religious genius passes into something altogether different. Um, the the influence of Jesus in our lives is so great that you've got to account for that somehow. And the resurrection mm. fits. Mm. It fits mm. as, as an account for how the early church exploded into life, 
mm. became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Mm. You know, it took over the world. It swept the world, this, this belief. So you're sort of saying surely something crazy happened for, for all that to come about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either Jesus was literally raised from the dead, mm. or he became present to his followers in some way, which meant that their lives were completely different and they traveled the world telling people about him. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's easier to believe the, the, what the church has always taught. Mm. Um, but, you know, if, if you struggle to believe in a physical resurrection, um, you know, you could believe in some kind of spiritual presence that, that came to them, a spiritual experience that they all had. Um, I mean, the, the church has always maintained that he was physically raised from the dead. Mm. Um, but clearly something happened. Yeah, something major, mm. major, major happened. And not just for one person, for a whole community of people, mm. um, which led to the whole of Western civilization. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? I like, and yet, and yet, we believe, Rob. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I also like the fact that it's recorded in the Bible that it was the women who discovered the tomb empty first, mm. um, and that's quite significant because at the time, uh, the word of women were not to be trusted. Um, like in court and things like that. In that respect, it's quite surprising that the people who wrote the Bible decided to leave in that the women went there first, because people would be of that time saying, "Well, I don't, I don't believe uh, that uh, women make up things and gossip and all this sort of uh, sexist talk," but. And and that that's yeah, it's a key point, I think. And I think with again, this goes back to our conversation about the Bible, that um we often act as if, you know, the Bible's either completely true or it isn't. Mm. And we have this very black and white, polarized view. Um there's a big difference between a book that's creative and a book that's a fabrication. Mm. The big difference. Um, to say that something's fabricated suggests that you know there's an, an intention there to dupe people with falsehood for for evil ends. But to say that something's creative says actually this this thing that's happened is so full of meaning that they just couldn't help themselves but but write in a very mm. um, uh, sort of florid way and reflective way about it. Um, but yeah, you're right that those little details like that help us to think, well, if it were a fabrication, why leave that in? You know, mm, surely we mm. do everything you could, as you say, to 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 make it stand up in a court of mm. law. Um and it's it, yeah. it it's also reported that the followers who sort of when Jesus was arrested, the followers sort of went a bit spare, didn't they, and hid and <laughs> denied knowing it's, him and it, yeah, um, it says it says that every one of them deserted him and ran away. Yes, it's one of the most one of the most devastating verses in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, awful. Yeah. But um, but in the end, um, they all uh, were martyred. They they went to the death. It, it's reported that they 
they went to the the death uh proclaiming that Jesus was lord and yeah he was raised from the dead and yeah. all these things um, yeah. yeah yeah so something yeah. changed their minds uh from mm. running away um to then dying for what they yeah. said was true and 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 loads of them and for years you know so it's not just a flash in the pan thing it's uh you know it's 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 reverberated and people are still killed for their faith yes today, you know? yes um yeah now that you know you could say that doesn't prove anything in itself but it's it is something you've got to account for you know um you've got to account for it some way yeah um so yeah can you can someone believe in a non-miracle, non-resurrection, mm. good moral teacher type Jesus and still yeah. still be a Christian? Well, I mean, there are plenty who do. Um, the the um, I say plenty. There are some who do, right? Um, so the, there was a sort of there was a work that happened, you know, really in the twentieth century. Of what they call demythologizing, mm. so you took all the mm. bits out of the gospels that you thought were a bit wacky and difficult to believe, mm. and you explained them away, mm. and so you demythologized the Bible, and and in theory you'd be you'd be left with, you know, this great inspirational figure mm. that you could follow. The problem is, is that you know we don't follow. Um, historical figures. We don't worship historical figures, right? I I really, really like... Let me think of an example. Uh, I really like Brian May out of Queen, right? Yeah. Because he's got an awesome curly hairdo. <laughs> he plays awesome guitar solos, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he stood on Buckingham Palace and he has like a PhD in astrophysics, yeah. right? Yeah, like, what a man. He's just a, Brian May is just a dude, right? <laughs> now... You know, I, but I don't. I don't get up on Sunday morning and sing praises to Brian May, right? Um, I might fist pump a bit along to you know Seventies Rye in my room or something, but I don't tend to. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, and even someone, you know, someone, you know, the greatest human beings who've ever lived. You know, I mentioned sort of Mother Teresa and and Martin Luther King, and you know, people that I really, really, really admire. Um, but I don't worship them. Mm, um, mm. But I do worship Jesus, mm. um, and that's because He is more than just another human being. Mm, He's fully human, mm. but fully God. So it's, uh, you know, it, it sort of blows your mind, really, to think about it. But um, so yeah, I mean, if you want a, a sort of demythologized, non-raised from the dead, non-dying for the sins of the world, Jesus that just was a nice guy, you can kind of have him. And he, you know, wrote some cool parables and stuff. Mm. But to me, it's 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 uh, it's pretty. It's like it's like a weak glass of squash, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to a full kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Slushy of deliciousness. <laughs> of <But yeah. laughs> fully concentrated sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like the weak glass of squash you get after church. Yeah. Yeah. The church is too mean to fit enough squash in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I think you miss out on on so much, and you know, my I don't know what you would say about this, Rob, but my relationship with Jesus, if I can put it like that, my trust in Jesus has been so life giving, and 
you know, at times it's hard. At times I don't feel like, you know, I, I don't feel close to him. It's a struggle. But but putting it all together, having Jesus in my life as more than just an inspiration, but as a friend, mm. is I'm going to get really, <laughs> I'm going to get teary in a minute. But it's really, mm. it's just, it's changed my life. Mm. And and no one else can do that. Not even Brian May. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I've moved in. So I think I, when I started going to church, I believed in the uh, good moral teacher type Jesus. But mm. um, I've moved more and more to, yeah, him being God, who uh, is sort of master of the universe. So uh, he probably could get away with some miracles here and there. But I I would say you can be a Christian and believe in Jesus as a good moral teacher. Um, But I guess, like me, don't be surprised if you start to believe the uh, more uh, crazy stuff that uh, is reported about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you get it's a bit of a sort of danger warning, isn't it? You know? Yeah. God-infested waters lie ahead. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's... it's it, the, the key thing, I think, with Jesus is that you can trust him. You know, that he's not going to lead you into something false or deceptive. Um, mm. He tells it how it is. He says, if you want to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross every day. You know, so he says, mm. you know... It's hard. It's hard being a follower of Jesus. It's not. It's not the easy answer. It's not just all platitudes. Um, you know, uh, we used to sing this song when I was a kid. You know that that's follow me, follow me. Leave your home and family. Leave your fishing nets and boats on the shore. And uh, there was a line in that song. It used to scare the pants off me as a kid. But, but there was a line that said, "I do not offer comfort. I do not offer wealth. But in me will all happiness be found." Um, Right, and right. Yeah, I think what it was trying—a funny little song—was was trying to say is that you know that following Jesus isn't the easy answer, and he's not easy to understand. But you can trust him; you really mm, can trust mm, him, uh, mm. and he will lead you into salvation. Mm. And you've got to give it a try. Yeah. So, listeners, give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Yes, exactly. Well, you've um, you've got off lightly uh, this time, Martin, because there's uh, no quick fire round. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> I was getting I was getting palpitations, worrying when it was coming. <laughs> so you're okay. You can rest. Yeah. You can rest assured. Um, well, thank you very much, Martin. It's been uh, a pleasure talking about Jesus with you. Oh. And, um, Love it. One of my favorite topic of conversation. Yes, you were very excited about doing this episode. Yay! Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, uh, yeah, for now, that's your lot. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Godfatherers. If you would like to get in touch, please contact us at godfatherspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook page. Just search for Godfatherers Podcast. It would help us immensely if you could rate, like, subscribe and shout about our podcast on whatever social media and listening platform you use. 
Next time, we'll be talking all about sin and salvation. What do those terms really mean? Join us next time to find out. Bye. Bye.